Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. It's a little bit early, but Happy New Year, everybody. Pastor Eric J. here from the Eternal Connection. You are eternally connected, and we're so glad that you are here to join us on New Year's Eve 2023, just moments away from the new year 2024 the day of our lord and uh we are we are here chip you and me jason is not here um but uh that's he's getting ready for some festivities he always has something going on something big going on but he he loves the new year um but that's okay because kind of like we did last week we're going to be going back to 2021 and continue a two-part discussion we had then Mm -hmm. that does include jason uh about christmas uh finishing out kind of the christmas story picking up where we left off last week talking about the infant baby Jesus and the significance of how God came to us. Um, but before we do that, Chip, we need to tell our, our listeners again about an important episode we have coming up oh, yeah. on January 28th, another another milestone, mm-hmm. uh, especially considering when we started this show, we didn't really have plans. We thought it would last, you know, three, four episodes. <laughs> Who wants to listen to us every week? <laughs> right. But you want to tell them what's coming up on the 20th? A- absolutely. Well, so we're going to actually be recording live uh, at St. Mark Lutheran Church on 90th and Blondo here in Omaha. And we're inviting all of our friends on on the airways to uh, join us. Uh, we're going to, uh, some of the details we're still working out, but we're yeah. going to have a meal uh, and some fellowship before that. We're going to celebrate in a big way our 200th episode, and uh, hopefully yeah. we'll get some folks to d- join us and uh, celebrate Yeah, and we're going to be uh, letting you ask questions um, that we will answer on the spot. It'll obviously be a live recording. It's not going to air live. Right. Um, <clears throat> and that's just so we can clean up all of the mistakes that we make <laughs> in post-production. Um, but no, uh, uh, just because usually the, the recording session for uh, these type of celebrations, last time for our 100th, it went on for a couple hours. It was it a did. great discussion. So we... We have to trim that back because the radio station doesn't give us two hours. That's right. (laughs) Yes, it's it's not like your sermons. Uh, Yeah, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So anyway, 200th episode on January 28th. Uh, We don't have times yet, but um, join us for that if you're local. If you want to come over, we'd love to meet you, know who our listeners are, and enjoy some fellowship with you. Well, and I just, I was thinking about the fact that we are going to get them to ask us questions. Uh, If you have a question that you know you want to ask and maybe you can't even attend, uh, please go to our website.
website yeah. and uh, send us in the question. Yeah, and that's a good point because we, we, we have all the questions sent in ahead of time anyway. Right. We do have kind of an open mic session, but that's usually if we have time. Mm-hmm. We want to be sure we get to people's questions, those who come. And so it really helps me in planning to know the questions ahead of time so I can kind of schedule them and, and uh, make sure everybody gets their question answered. Uh, if it's all on the fly, it's it's a little harder to control that way. Sure. Um, so so if, if we have time after we answer the pre-scheduled questions, we'll do the open mic. Um, and uh, probably by next week, we'll, we'll have uh, a form up on the website for you to submit your question for the 200th episode. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, eternalconnectionradio.com. Yep. And we'll have RSVP and everything else. So keep an ear out, keep an eye out. Uh, our Facebook page, we'll, we'll be blasting all that out there. So anyway, let's get back into our conversation about Christmas. Um, Emmanuel, God with us, looking at the gospel story um, and continuing our discussion back in 2021. But uh, before we do that, Chip, pray for us, please. Lord, as we celebrate the opening of a new year, remind us of the celebration that is to come, the dawn of your new earth and new heaven at the return of your son, Jesus, our King, who will bring that greatest day of days when your children will live with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. So going back to part two of our discussion on Christmas from 2021, roll tape. Well, we're going to continue to proclaim the good news of of Christmas in Jesus, born Emmanuel, God with us, uh, by picking up where we left off last week in Matthew with the Christmas story. And we were talking about Joseph and Mary and the whole situation leading up to Jesus's birth, and that's where we're we're going to pick it up. Totally agree. Christmas is such a big discussion. We had a last week on the show, a lot to talk about, a whole lot to talk about. We couldn't talk about, and that's a whole lot of talking about. So you might have to cut that out of there, but I'm telling you what you sit here and you think about all the, you know, uh, that you can wrap your head around. What, what is it that you're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ? Who's Jesus Christ? Um, the whole dimension of Christmas has changed once you understand the true meaning of it. Uh-huh. And so we were talking about, well, why did why did he enter as a baby? Uh huh. Yeah, well, that's how we talked ended the last episode. Yeah. So, you know, if you have any advice there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, uh, if you weren't watching our midweek Advent services, uh, we kind of dealt directly with that. Um, but yeah, no one was expecting God to send a savior literally that was God in right. the flesh. Uh, and so the question is asked and, and why did God have to come the way that he did? Um, I haven't, I didn't share this in the sermon, but we did cover this in episodes before you were here, Jason, uh, Chip and I were on the air at that point and we were talking about the same thing and, I gave this illustration um, because I know how much you love your little doggies. I do. (laughs) And what I asked Chip, I said, well, Chip, if one day I was backing out of the the driveway and God forbid I accidentally backed over your dog and killed it. I mean, I I would feel, I'd feel horrible. I think I said Uh, something like we're done here. Yeah. (laughs) We'd no longer be friends. (laughs) Yeah. But if I wanted to replace that loss, 
if I wanted to give something in substitution for that loss, you would think I would give something in kind. I mean, how would you feel, Jason, if it was your dog and I ran over your dog and I wanted to make up for it? And so I showed up the next day and said, you know, Jason, I'm so sorry. I can't tell you how sorry I am and I want to try and make it up to you. Here's a parakeet. How would how would that go over? Well, the parakeet flies, so you won't be able to run that one over. <laughs> Jason Eisenman, everybody. <laughs> well, that would be a very gracious response. <laughs> uh, quite different than the one that Chip had. Um, it, it would be unacceptable, right? You, you didn't kill a parakeet. I didn't own a parakeet. A parakeet is not a substitute for a dog. They're just two totally different kinds. That's why God came as he did. He came as a man to be a sacrificial atonement for man, uh, to be the man we were supposed to be but have failed, and to die the death we as men, and not just male but mankind, we deserve to die. He desires the sacrifice, the death of a man because it's mankind that has sinned against him. And that's the simple but yet profound, accurate answer as to why he had to come like he did. I have such an aha moment as you were talking there. Um, this goes way back to Adam and Eve. Adam was first. Uh-huh. And God made Eve in the image of Adam, Right. Uh, he took Eve from Adam. Uh, Genesis says he made both of them in his image. Okay. But Adam was first. Adam was first. And Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, a woman. Uh-huh. I find it really interesting that God used a woman to create the greatest thing we know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even though man was first. He had to use a woman to create. Yeah. I mean, that's the way he designed it, right? Men can't have children, despite what they try and tell you today, right? Um, yeah, that uh, it's a miracle just that Jesus was born of woman, that he was born of man. Um, and I think what you're getting at is, um, you know, not that necessarily man is first or second or women second. They're, they're certainly equal in their value, but there is an order, right, to creation, something our society today doesn't understand. Um, it's important, though, to remember that when Adam was created first, he was created perfectly in quality but incomplete. God said it's not good that he's alone. He needs a helper. And so man and woman were supposed to find their purpose in one another in, in this life, right? They're, they couldn't understand God apart from each other. There was that completion. And really what you have there. <laughs> it's a picture of the Trinity, right? God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if we are to know God and understand him being made in his image, then we are also going to understand God through relationships because he exists in relationship. And so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Adam, Eve, and Abel, right? There, there, there you have the image of God, relationships that create life. And... I yeah, I find that odd also with, you know, the discussion we had about marriage, engagement, 
all of this uh-huh. partnership um, better with one another yep. that God would choose to use uh, the Virgin Mary, a female without a partner, uh-huh. instead of find, you know using a man and woman to create Jesus uh, differently, you know, through a partnership. I was actually thinking about that same thing, but I, I think the answer is pretty clear because if Jesus would have been born as a result of consummation between a sinful man and a sinful woman, then by definition, he would have had to been sinful. But and the woman is still sinful. Right. Well, we're going to get to that because when we get to Luke, um, and we'll fast forward through Matthew and get there, but Mary asked that same question. <laughs> the, the angel tells Mary, uh, you're going to essentially give birth to God. <laughs> you're going to birth the Messiah. And she's going to say, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Uh, or no, how will this be? How will this be? How will this be? Um, and the angel says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Now I think about that word for a minute, right? Encompass you, overpower you. He's going to take over. So God's coming to a virgin womb because that's about as quote unquote pure as a human woman can get, right? She's not pure because she's sinless, despite what, unfortunately, the the Catholics teach, because if you just, and we're going to be doing this this Sunday, by the way, uh, looking at the Magnificat, Mary's words in joyful praise after she's given this promise, um, she clearly admits that she needs a savior. (laughs) She calls him her Lord. Um, God's Holy Spirit is what conceives Jesus, that's what we say in the in the creeds all the time, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. In many ways, you could make comparisons to the Ark of the Old Covenant, that Ark that was built made of gold with the two angels on top, in the center of which God's presence was made manifest. Well, the Ark isn't perfect. The Ark is, is not some perfect structure, made by the hands of sinful men. It's wood and it's metal. Uh, It is sanctified. It's made holy by the presence of God that has come to it, right? So Mary is the vessel that God chooses to use. Uh, That doesn't make Mary perfect. Right. God didn't have a choice but to come through a sinful person, (laughs) right? As Paul says in Romans 3, All have fallen short of the glory of God. Well, all means all, right? I mean, God even says in in Genesis before he floods the earth, every intention of the heart of mankind is wicked from birth and it's wicked all the time. There was no exception to that, right? Isaiah talks about this. It's all over the place. Um, Mary was, it says she found favor. And it said the same thing about Noah, by the way. And I love that word because you don't find something you have already, you find something you don't have, favor. And you can only find it because it's there. And it was given to you. <laughs> Absolutely right. You, you didn't set out to, to, to earn it. You found it, right? So that's the same way God comes to us. That's the same way that we are made holy 
That's the same reason we can say the same words Mary said, right? Blessed be the Lord my God. Um, he comes to us now through baptism and puts his spirit within us. And that's the reason that we can say that we are holy, uh, only because he makes us that way. Hmm. Awesome. So let's go back to Matthew then. We were picking up with uh, Joseph, and he decided that he really didn't want to stone his lovely bride. Uh, and as we talked about, that's God working in the midst of his people, even amidst sin and, uh, and brokenness. And the angel came to Joseph and reassured him that this child was conceived in her, looking at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she's going to bear a son, and you're going to call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that's literally what Jesus' name means. It means God saves. So Joseph is given this incredible news that his bride is still a virgin. God has conceived the son of God within her, and he's going to save him and her and all of humanity from their sins. So then looking back at Matthew chapter 1, the angel stops speaking in verse 23 after quoting the prophets. And what does Joseph say in response? Well, it says, when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So he did what the angel said. He called him Jesus. Right. So Joseph said... Nothing. <laughs> Does that not strike anybody else as pretty incredible? Yeah, I guess, now that I think about it. <laughs> he, he just did it. And we talked about this in the Gospel of John when we were talking about Abraham. Here, and this, I think this is why Matthew's making the connection. He's the son of Abraham, the son of David. When God came to Abraham and said, hey, uh, I want you to pack all your stuff up and leave and go to a place that I'm going to show you. I'm not going to tell you where it is or how to get there. I just want you to start walking, and I'll, I'll lead you and direct you. What did Abraham say in response? Nothing. He just went. Nothing. He just did it. Right. Wow. So <laughs> what does that tell you about Joseph? He He's a great listener. He he gave uh he had great faith. Yeah. He trusted the God that just told him to do something and he did it. Right. And so going back to Jason what you were asking about, you know, why did God have to come as he did and and there are so many questions that we could ask about the Christmas story. But when you actually read the Christmas story, the people that were being told these things, you have to imagine being told this by an angel. If you were told that by an angel and you knew it was an angel, uh, I think it's actually a pretty reasonable response. <laughs> I'm done talking now. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, that's part of the proof, to me at least, when you read this, that, yeah, this makes Total sense. He was rendered completely speechless. Yeah. And and by the way, we're not going to probably get to this just because of time, but contrast this with the story of the same angel 
coming to the priest Zechariah, who was a priest in the holy temple, who was the father of John the Baptist, the one who would prepare the way for the Lord. His wife, Elizabeth, was barren. Okay, Mary was a virgin. She could, Elizabeth was old. She couldn't have kids. Two different reasons, but same result. Right? It's not possible for you to have kids. You're a virgin. You're barren. The angel Gabriel comes to Zachariah and says, the Lord's heard your prayer. You're going to have a son, and he's going to prepare the way for the Son of God on earth. And Zachariah says, how can this be? As opposed to Mary saying, how will this be? Even what she does say assumes it's going to happen. Joseph doesn't even say anything, just moves ahead. Zechariah, who questions it, he says, how do I know this is going to happen? Prove it to me. And the angel Gabriel says what? I'm Gabriel. That's literally what he says in Luke. I stand in the presence of the Almighty, and he sent me to tell you this. That's how you know this is going to happen. <laughs> and then Zechariah didn't say anything either, but he was, different, for different reasons. Yeah, he was, he was made mute, yes. right? Until his son was born, God took his ability to speak away so that the only thing Zechariah could think about from that moment forward was not his own words, but God's word. And this is a theme that should not be lost on us in the Christmas story. God's word does what it says. And if he speaks it, you can cash that check. It's going to happen. I promise you it's not going to way that hap- it's not going to happen the way you think <laughs> or want. Sometimes or want. I mean, Zachariah and Elizabeth were praying to have a child. They had a child, but it wasn't coming the way that they thought. And so that's what they found it hard to believe. And we're going to think the same thing with the Christmas story. And I hate to burst people's bubbles, but this is where a lot of people check out with the Christmas story. Well, how could this happen? You know what? I don't believe this. This is a fanciful tale. Instead, I'm going to believe in an old fat guy from the North Pole who rides around on a sleigh with reindeer giving presents to kids who sees all things, knows all things, and judges all things. That seems way more reasonable to me. <laughs> uh, it's it's just it's crazy and, and you know here's the thing about santa while we're on the topic by the way imaginary things don't really bother me i let my kids watch movies with imaginary characters now i do tell them this isn't real and you know i really don't care about the tooth fairy <laughs> you know whatever the problem with santa is we have assigned to him the attributes of God. Right. Not only have we invented this character, but we have literally replaced God with him. He sees all things. He knows all things. So much so he's checking it twice. And then he's going to reward you according to what you do or don't do. I don't know what is so unbelievable about the Christmas story. As a matter of fact, the, the fact that people so easily celebrate that only proves this to be more true. The backwardness of Santa, to me, only verifies the validity of the true Christmas story because it's God. Well, right. And, you know, one of the other chapters we started several months ago was John uh-huh. and his account talks about 
the nativity in a completely different way. It talks about the fact that this is God right. in the flesh. Yeah, John doesn't even really give you a, a record of the nativity. He simply records the birth of Jesus by saying, I'm going to start talking about Jesus not when he was born here, right? but when he was born from eternity, that that word that was with God and the word that was God became flesh. And let's not also be lost on the fact that John, unlike the other ones, uh, brings in the darkness that we're talking about. I mean, this, this, the, and it's darkness. I'm not going to make apologies for this. It's darkness when you start attributing the the characteristics that only belong to God to an imaginary person, and then start celebrating that more than you celebrate really what the reason of Christmas is. Right, the actual living God. The actual living God. John says that in him was the life, and the life was the light of men, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, he wasn't being specific there, but again, part of the proof that the real Christmas story in the Bible is the story is the fact that people have such a problem with it, right? Right. Because it offends us. We got no problem believing in, in imaginary things, but yet there's the gospel. The darkness has not overcome it. And you see this in the rest of the Christmas story, which maybe is going to have to be a third episode on this. As soon as Jesus is born, what happens? Turmoil. Turmoil. As soon as he's born, Matthew's going to skip right to that. Now, Luke gives us a whole bunch more story, but Matthew goes straight to the wise men. The wise men that are there, they've somehow gotten hold of the prophecies, Mm -hmm. and they see the star that's talked about. And they go searching for him, and they go to King Herod. And as soon as Herod finds out that there's this prophesied king that's to be born, Herod goes on a literal, murderous, infanticide rampage. Right. And they have to pick up and run. So from the minute he's born, Jesus' life is in jeopardy. Fleeing to Egypt. And there's a whole bunch of symbolism in that too, by the way. (laughs) Prophecies fulfilled and everything else. Um, But the darkness is right there. Jesus came into the darkness as the light of men and the darkness hasn't overcome it because he did grow up and he died on his own terms. As we talked about so many times in John that he was in control the whole time and he's still in control here. Well, and not only was he in control, but as John alluded to at the very opening of his gospel, you know, this is not something that God reacted to. This was his plan the whole time from eternity. Yeah, and God's going to carry that out. His will will be done, and that's why we pray for it in the Lord's Prayer. That's why Jesus taught us to pray for it. Um, We don't pray for it because it's by our prayer that it's done. We pray for his will to be done because he has promised it will be done, even if we don't understand it, even even if it's uncomfortable, even if it seems like the darkness is closing in. Um. As Jesus told Paul, my power is made perfect in weakness. And how better to display God's power than to come as a helpless infant whose people were trying to kill from the moment he was born, born to a peasant family. And yet, not even the most powerful kings of the time could touch him. That's God. 
Behold the Lamb of God who comes to save the world. Take away the sins of the world. Amen. We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com to find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.